What's up, everybody? This is a new episode of Catfish on Ice with your hosts, Chad Minton, Rich Howe, and Kyle Perkins. It's our first episode in two weeks. It's felt like it's been forever, guys, since we had an episode. It's been a while. It's been a little bit. A little bit. It is our first time that we've missed two full weeks of episodes. Like We've never gone two weeks since we started in December of 2020 without doing an episode. So it's really good to be back. We got plenty of Preds topics to get into. But before we can go anywhere tonight, Rich, rapid fire, you spell the newest player on the Preds, right? His last name. How do you spell Nino Niederreiter's last name? Go now. Oh, wow. N E I D E R R. I don't know. I lost it. Come on. You got it. How's it going? Doing so good. Oh, I won. Oh, I just looked. I just looked. I was. E I T E R. Oh, I thought you had it. I thought you were going to name N R E I T E R. That's it. No, it's N I E D. Yeah, it's N I. My bad. I have I've had to get I've had to spell this man's last name like it feels like five hundred times in the last week, and I don't if I spell it wrong again, my phone's pretty much how to spell it now. So, it yeah. what trips me up is is there two R's or is there two D's? Does the I become before the E? But well, I think I've got it down I, now. I think it does it one of each time in his name with the I and the E. Like it's N I and then I E N I E and then it's E I T E R at the end. The neater, the neater part is variations. There you go. The neater part is I E and the reader part is R E I. So there's how you can tell. We're we're just gonna stick with Nino. Nino, I can roll with that. We're going with Nino. You have to write it. Yeah, neater writer, but yeah. that's cool. I put me on the spot. I just wanted to check real quick and make sure we're not called like the lightning bolts on ice anymore since well, uh, somebody doesn't live. Bolts on within, ice. Bolts, bolts on, on ice. ice since somebody doesn't live within, you know, three states of uh, us now. So I just wonder and make sure we're covering the Predators and not the Tampa Bay Lightning. So. Where, well, first Check of all, where out. did you go to high school at? Because I don't know what you, what geography classes you took, but there is only one state between me and Tennessee, sir, and that is Georgia. Me, so not I between me. What, I don't me, me and Kyle. Oh, okay, but, but you said three states, and I don't know what three states you're talking about. Three go right up through me. Georgia, and I am in Tennessee. Three for me okay. and Kyle. Well, so, I. I thought I'm being dead serious here, guys. I didn't do it, but I thought about wearing a lightning shirt to open up tonight's oh. episode just just to mess with you guys. But That's funny. I really care about all of our all of our listeners. I really do. And I don't know. I think they would disown me if I did that. So I I scrapped uh, that plan. Right. I didn't do it. There's no Tampa Bay Lightning merchandise in this house, but I almost did it just to mess with you guys. When you moved in, they didn't give you a shirt or anything tampa bay lightning no no they're awfully, they're awfully proud of that no. so which they should be so you they know. should be hey we gotta no, say that's we gotta like say that. we gotta say hey to some folks cj is in good evening and then we have max greenberg he says my phone won't recognize thomasino it's the most annoying thing it recognizes Niederreiter. writer fine 
That's funny. That's random. (laughs) And Mike Twitter's in here. So lots of friends. Everybody. What's up, boys? That is super. That is super random for sure to ne- to recognize Niederreiter, but not Tomasino. That's, that's my phone. Uh, my phone recognizes Borvietsky. You type in B O R and it just fills it right out. So that's pretty awesome. Well, that's because that's the only thing you're going to write whenever you start out with that's those true. letters. That's <laughs> true. If you type B O R O, you're pretty much guaranteed. unless you're uh, unless you're a uh, chemistry teacher and you're typing out boron all the time or something. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Hmm. I get, I get that now that we're now that we're talking about spelling last names, uh, last names right for uh, hockey players. I get the cringe alert big time when someone spells Forsberg with a U R G, like Pittsburgh or something like like Forsberg. Forsberger. Yes, I. That's like that's like the biggest cringe alert for me. I I can't do it. have Have you been on Preds Facebook or something? It's oh, they still can't Facebook spell RV right. <laughs> uh, can't spell RV. I just can't do it. They spell it with a Y. That's funny. It just so, too funny. some of these names. Some of these names, I totally get it. Some of these names, I totally get it. But for you can't spell Forsberg right. I mean, I don't know. All right, let's let's get past Maybe. that. It's Maybe. awesome. It's episode one thirty eight. Catfish on ice. We're so happy to be back. Uh, uh, missed a couple with plenty to talk about. We haven't done an episode since Nino Niederreiter was signed. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about how the, this awesome addition is going to change the Preds lineup for next year. We have to get into the rest of the offseason. Do the Preds have another move up their sleeve? Possibly it happened. Something could happen. There's still a possibility mm-hmm. out there, although it seems like it's dwindling that that happened, but it could happen. We got to get into the Matthew to Chuck drama that that unfolded. It gripped the hockey world for a few days. The Preds were one of the teams that were being rumored to possibly be in on it. People were losing their minds thinking about Matthew to Chuck on this team. And that was after they had already signed Nino Niederreiter. So it was like if we signed to Chuck after Nino Niederreiter, the rumors were swirling, the trade – the trade offers, the trade packages. I loved reading them. I love reading that stuff when everyone throws their trade packages out there. It's good stuff. We're going to review I just, that. I just want to trade Dante Fabro for somebody, and it'll make my offseason. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> Not a Fabro fan. I got to tell <laughs> I got to tell you, I thought it was going to happen, and it still could happen, but I thought if anyone was going to be traded off this team this offseason besides Luke Cunning. It was going to be Dante Fabro, and he's still on the team for now. So now you're looking at this defensive core, and is he going to really be a third pairing defenseman? It seems that way at the moment. I mean, with the season Kawhi had, and then McDonough's not going to be third pair. No, no. Where, where else no. are you going to put Fabro? He's yeah. going to be on the third I mean, pair. If he's on this. T- he's going to be on the, the third pairing. Let's be probably honest. Probably Lausanne. Let's be honest. Yeah, should have probably been there. From the get go, should have went to should have went to Milwaukee. No, or that, or that, that would have worked too. But did not happen that way. But we'll see what happens. I think him and Lazan would be good. Anyway, we're we're veering off off subject. But what up? I got, but I got to say though, well, it's kind of worth mentioning. I got to say that's a really good, solid 
three defensive pairings. That's a really good starting nine defensive defensive yeah. lineup there, if you ask me. Yep. I agree 100%. And then we've also uh, – Kyle Perkins has, has got some good updates from development camp, some of the things he saw. I know that happened a few days ago. It's been a little bit in the rearview mirror, but we are going to at least talk about it and see what we saw from that. And then we got to speculate, what is the pred ceiling for mm. next season after watching all these off se- all these offseason moves? How much better of a team are they since they were swept a couple months ago by the Colorado Avalanche? How much better have they gotten? I think we can all agree they've gotten better, but how much better? It's a good question that we're going to try to answer. We've also, since it's the offseason, there's not going to be a lot of news coming up here in the next couple weeks, most likely. We've each got a show that we're binging right now that we can suggest to our listeners to help them get through the offseason. I've been... I normally watch a lot of shows during hockey season. I got plenty to keep me busy, but um, I've been kind of watching more shows than I normally watch. Been getting into some new stuff, and I got a, I got one good one that I think everyone should go watch. It's so addictive. I, I've wasted hours and hours watching this show. So we'll close Sweet. out Catfish on Ice, episode 138. With that, we are brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Get the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and promo code THPN for some exclusive offers for all the summer sports that are going on right now. Golf, MMA, baseball, that good stuff. Great NASCAR is going on right now. A lot Two of guys stuff. playing catch. Soccer. Oh, yeah. All the good stuff's out there. Cricket. I'm sure cricket's being played somewhere in this world right now. You can bet on cricket. Magic, uh, Magic the Gathering tournaments. <laughs> something That's like that. That's been on ESPN before. ESPN the Ocho. ESPN the Ocho is what they call it. Oh, do they? Hmm. I don't think I. That's yeah. reference from a great movie right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. They need to make that a real channel, by the way. I'm what watching. movie? What was right. it? What movie? Dodgeball. What movie? You know, I've never watched Dodgeball. I know. What I know. What's wrong I know. with you, Rich? I, never, I know. Uh, I know. All right. Anyway. Let's move on. We're going off the tracks a lot here. We are. Tonight, guys, we haven't seen okay. each other. We haven't seen each other. This is so what happens. Uh, you know. This is what happens when you don't have an episode in two weeks. We rambling and we start talking about random stuff, but it's okay. Absolutely. All right, let's get back on track here. We're gonna let Kyle start us off here tonight. We'll talk about our main topic, our opening face-off, and that is the Preds going out and getting Nino Nita Rider for two years, four million, a very, very low risk. Deal, if you ask me, I don't think risky in any way, shape, or form. And you're getting a very proven veteran who's going to play your style very well. He fits into that word that Kyle loves, identity. <laughs> yes, he he is an identity guy. He is, he is a tough physical player. He averages in the 20-ish goals range. Um, he's used to playing with some elite players like Sebastian Ajo, Trocek, a lot of those upper end guys at Carolina. So he knows how to be a support guy. He's most likely going to slot in on that second line with Johansson. And I'd love to see him with Tomasino. You give Tomasino that cushion of Niederreiter and Johansson to kind of protect him just a wee bit, make some room. You can see some special stuff from him. What I thought was the most interesting thing is how he got signed to his contract. 
because he he wrote he said I went to bed that night thinking I was signing with the Anaheim Ducks in the morning, and then Roman Yossi texts me at one o'clock in the morning and asked me how much money do I need, and I'll get with my management. And the next morning, he's a predator. So the captain wow. going out yeah. and recruiting guys, I love it. I hey, could not love that more. That makes me, as much mm-hmm. as I love Roman Yossi to begin with, that just like, you're the captain. You want this team to win. You're doing everything you can do. I love it. Uh, yeah. I'm really happy with the signing. I can't complain about it at all. For sure. Yep. Yeah, I, I saw that story as well, and I was like, David Poyle, like Roman Yossi's doing your job for you. Like you're not even like, are you going to give him like a bonus <laughs> or anything or a car or something for, you know, doing your job? But yeah, I mean. $2 million for 44 points. That's, that's pretty good. So he'll fit right in. I'm really excited. Um, didn't really see it coming. I don't think anybody did, but very, very happy uh, that it happened for sure. So welcome well, the, well, to so the fact that it came, you know, Niederreiter sitting around on the market like almost a week later mm-hmm. and after the market opened. And, you know, mm-hmm. Niederreiter was a player – I won't say that I predicted him to come to the Predators, but he was one of my top five players that I thought the Preds could realistically target before free agency opened. But, I mean, I didn't nearly expect that he would be on the market for that long. After day one, I pretty much totally forgot about Niederreiter becoming a national Predator. I didn't be signed by someone else eventually. So the fact that he was just sitting around out there and the Preds and that cool Roman Yossi story, you know, the thing about that is it's really cool about that is, you know, we always think about these apps just they do on the ice, but you think about a player like Roman Yossi and how well respected he is among his peers around the league. Especially that, European that's just players. Proof, right? Yes. That is just proof right there. That illustrates it perfectly. The fact that he figured out a way to um, kind of make a front office move as as a captain in a way. I mean, it's a really cool there. Um, Yeah, I totally agree with uh, what y'all are saying about Niederreiter. He's definitely going to fit into the top six. He's that that puzzle piece that the Predators badly needed. Uh, So kudos to the front office and to Roman Yossi for – assisting and getting a player who's definitely going to make this team a tougher team to play against. He's going to make them a more viable playoff opponent. That's He's going to make them tougher. I know that sounds really generalized, but he's going to make them a tougher team. Niederreiter is one of those players that you hate to play against, but you love it when he's on your side. Absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's a really good four checker. He's a really good defensive forward who can also pot you some goals. He's going to get some critical assist. And if anything, if anything, no one can argue the fact that he is a huge upgrade over Luke Cunning. No <laughs> yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. The invisible Luke Cunning, for sure. I I was I didn't look into like his contract, like what he made in Carolina or whatever, but two million dollars a season, that seems like a bargain for him. Um, do y'all have, do y'all know anything about four million? No, it's, it's so it's four million AAV. Yeah, oh, four two, million, uh, two by okay, four million, which is still. 
which is still low. Really I was good. expecting him to make in the sixes. Um, so it is yeah, it's still a bargain. So yeah, I didn't even and for that length, it, so. and for that length for two years, you're not like let's say he does have a a little bit of a dip in production, and maybe maybe he doesn't produce like he did with Carolina, which might might happen. Could it's happen. not like you took. It's not like you took this long-term contract that can come back and bite you. It's two years. It's four million. It's For just sure. a really good bargain. I mean, that was a bargain deal right there. So, yeah. so I just had a a memory of something. <laughs> remember? And, yeah. Um, do you remember two years ago when Soros got the concussion? Somebody talked about that on some Twitter. Pe- uh, some people have brought it up in comment sections. They they said he owes a big apology to UC Soros when he joins the team. So, I just remembered that. I, that's what I've been yeah. over here searching. It's like, oh, it was him. I thought it was. It sure was. And and boy, I remember watching that, it. We were all livid. Livid yes. we were. Yeah. But now we're like, oh, it's all right. Just apologize. It'll be fine. Still don't I see mean, how he the thing about suspended. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing about hockey players though is that they have short yep. memories if they're on your side. If if you're on the same side cuz it's all about, you know, it's it's a battle out there. It's yep. you know, these hockey players they get it like I, sure. I don't remember it clearly. I mean, I don't think it was he basically barged into sorrows behind the net like and the whole yep. the whole controversy behind the hit was he he didn't do enough to not hit sorrows. Yeah. That was the big thing is he he leaned into Soros a little bit. It was kind of borderline dirty, but it's nowhere near the dirtiest hit I've ever seen on a goaltender. So I don't think it's something that we should really be too upset about. But, yeah, it was a little dirty. You never want to see your goaltender get knocked over by a skater behind the net, especially when that player could have probably done a little bit more to avoid hitting your goaltender. But, you know, at the same time, you know, eh. Pretty sure he got fined for that too. The the little remember. you know five grand or whatever they they're yeah some little fines are. <laughs> I will say though, so you're you're mentioning that he's most likely more than certainly going to play on a line with Ryan Johansson. A lot of people want Philip Tomasino on the other wing, but I don't feel like that's asset in stone. But I definitely feel like it's pretty close to cer- to a certain that Johansson will, will be on a line with Niederreiter. I think those two can be a really good match together. I think Niederreiter can make been. Johansson a – he's going to make him a much better player. Yep. Did you know they have history? I did not know they had history. Jo- I Johansson, read that, but I didn't read the whole story. Johansson and Niederreiter played juniors together on the Portland Winterhawks where they were the top line of the Port- Portland Winterhawks. Wow. Dropping knowledge. Oh, yeah. I did, and That's good stuff. Good, yeah. That's good. We like that. Friends with Roman Yossi, former teammates with Ryan Johansson. Mm-hmm. Match made in heaven. He's got a he's got a badass nickname, El Nino. I mean, how cool no. the nickname And we is meet our quota of Roman Yossi having a Swiss friend on the team. That's right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's true. It's great. It really is. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think it I don't think it instantly makes I mean, it doesn't move the meter like Signing a Matthew to Chuck would have obviously, but it's a very effective move. It really is, it, and it is literally if, a if no risk option. 
Yeah, and if the offseason ends with the Predators not making any more roster additions, which we're kind of about to get into that, um, I think we can be pleased with this offseason. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, the results will is what's going to matter. So we might look back on this offseason after next season and think, okay, that offseason was a complete train wreck, nothing worked. But just looking at it right now with that going into the season, it looks like it's a very effective offseason. Um the Preds were definitely aggressive in their moves. Maybe not on day one of free agency, but they definitely were out there um, inquiring. Um, the, you throw in the Ryan McDonough trade that for free agency even opened. You throw in the <laughs> fact that they uh, traded Luke Cunning and actually got something out of him in return. Can't overlook that. They, um, th- they made some uh, RFA decisions as well. Um, Tommy Novak's a good one that they got signed. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, of Philip Forsberg. Of course, Philip Forsberg getting re-signed is huge as well. That's probably yeah. the most important move of the offseason, obviously. So it's been a really productive offseason. I think they've done a lot of good mm-hmm. things. Um, but now let's talk about this. Real oh, yeah, quick, let's, let's answer CJ's question, yeah. CJ wants to know who lines up with Joey and Nino, in our opinion. Who do we think? Uh, Tomasino seems like the, the the most obvious choice there. But, I, I mean, I like it, it could be Tolvanen. It could be Tolvanen. I mean, you, we got to wait and see what training camp, what happens in training camp. The only logical two choices are Tolvanen or Tomasino, though. It could be Tanner Janot. If they want to break up the herd line, they could move up Tanner Janot. But, um, of course, we've got Yakov Trenin going to arbitration right now. I mean, I still expect him to get signed, but – um, for sure that's still floating around out there let's get to kyle real quick he's gonna have to bounce a little bit early let's get to kyle real quick so he can give us the rundown on um what happened at the development camp because i in the process of moving to florida in the last couple weeks i totally missed everything with development camp so kyle's gonna have to lead the way with this one so i think the dev camp was best summed up by this tweet from uh knox on uh Twitter, who's at, at ShowPonyBoyX. Lanky Russian <laughs> boy good... tearing through Nashville like a bachelorette party on Adderall has been an amusing saga. And of well, course, he's speaking of Yaroslav Askarov, who just yeah. absolutely stole the the whole week with his larger-than-life personality um, and also with his outstanding goaltending. Um I know I've I've watched a lot of Askarov's play over the last few years since he was drafted. His whole stylistic approach looks different since he started working with the Predators coaches over here since he was in Milwaukee and since he's been at this dev camp. His feet are much calmer. His movements are more controlled. Um, that said, he was taking a penalty shot from – Yoakam Kimmel, who I'll get to here in a second, and he came out to the circle and poke-checked it. I saw that. That was great. All a, a Ron Hextall-type maneuver or hashik, and it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen because Kimmel is a dangerous man. Uh, just a, My hype level for Askarov is just through the roof. It's ridiculous. Um, and he's just such a a fun follow on everything. Him oh, and his right. wife are adorable together and it's just, they're awesome. 
They're um, like they're amazed with Target. That was what was funny. They're like, yeah, the they're bag like, of M and M's, and it's just yeah. like, oh my god, so um, great, yeah. But I think we were all. I think we were. I was gonna say real quick. I think we were all just really hoping that once he got over here to the states and got that development that he wasn't getting in Russia in the Russian leagues that we would see that progress that we know in that raw talent would come up and raise up. And so it's really mm-hmm. that, that, that he looked really good at development camp. That's awesome news. Yes. He, he looked awesome. He was, uh, he went, he allowed no goals in the game, in the scrimmage wow. game. Um, and I think one got scored on him in the shootout, which isn't too bad. Shootouts are, wow. um, they're pretty rough. Uh, but going down the line, Parsonen, LaRue, Kimmel, and Evangelista as forwards are all going to, unless they're traded, I think all four of those guys are going to end up in gold jerseys. Um, uh, Kimmel, what an absolute steal at 17 in the draft. It looks embarrassing. That kid right there is something else. And you had him. I don't know how he fell that far. I, yeah, I, mean, I don't either. Uh, you had him, um, and I want to say Parsonen and LaRue on a line together, and they were just bullying people. It was <laughs> – they were pretty impressive. Uh, defensively, uh, Adam Willsby, Luke Prokop, uh, Spencer Stastny, and Ryan Ufko, uh, they all show a lot of potential as defensemen. It's a dev camp. Your defense isn't going to be set super great. Uh, but those guys played well. Uh, one of the things that I noticed the most is just the personalities of these kids and just how big the personalities are, especially from players like uh, Afanasayev. And uh, even though he's not speaking English super great, Askarov, and then you've got LaRue, who's a bit of a clown as well, but he's very well-spoken. Uh, just a lot of uh, really good talent coming up. Uh, even uh, Jakob Kondalik, the big mm. German, he is he does not move like a guy who's six foot six. Um, even jokingly said he wanted to be a defenseman and his dad wouldn't let him. Uh, so that's why he plays forward, and it's too late that's, to switch now. I, that is a <laughs> that is a massive frame to be a forward. Six foot six. That is huge. He's a big. A he's a big boy, but that's he moves like, well. Yeah, I've heard he moves really yeah, well. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. um, definitely smooth skater. Igor was hurt uh, yeah. a little bit before the uh, uh, the what do they call it? The Future Stars game. Mm-hmm. Is that what that's called? I, yep. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, he was a little banged up for that, so he missed that game. Uh, so we didn't get to see him play in that. Mm, but during that's, camp, that's he, had, he had looked really good. Um, one thing that I'll say he really improved on was his edges and his cornering. Um, his skating just looked a lot better. And it looks like he was using his body a little bit better as well, which is something you want to see from a kid his size. Uh Really hope that he ends up in Nashville here in the next two years, probably. Um, yeah, I think a lot more steady development since he's came to Milwaukee is going to help him at least another year up there. And I think he'll be. It's going right. to be. 
it's going to be really interesting to see if the Preds got to dip into the prospect pool this upcoming season due to injuries or whatever else mm-hmm. or bad play, and they want to shake up the lineup. I mean, who's who's next in line? It seems like it's really open to to. It, it's not really clear cut who they would feel most comfortable about um, when it comes to the prospect pool right now. I mean, it's not that's not to say there's not talent down there, but it's a lot of very young, raw, developing talent that still probably isn't quite ready for the NHL just yet. So if they do have to go down there, I'm interested to see real quick, Kyle. Uh, who do you think? Do you think Afanasiev is probably one of the top that's next in line. If it's a bottom you gotta call six somebody else? spot, I think so. If it's a bottom six that's spot, what I would I think. think. Yeah. That's and then you have this too. myriad of AHL-level people that they've signed uh, over yeah. the course of the Leonard, season. you got the Leonard. You got the you got the Leonard. Uh, Leonard um, got traded over here from um, from San Jose in the Luke Cunning trade. Mm-hmm. So Leonard and, uh, could probably get some some NHL time if he was needed. I want to say Kiefer Sutherland, but that's the actor. What is his name? <laughs> we talk about the actor. We talk, Jack Sherwood. Sherwood. Kiefer Sherwood. Sherwood. Kiefer Sherwood. Okay. Kiefer Sherwood. And you've, you've yeah. also got the uh, the defenseman they signed in free agency, uh, uh, Gravel. Or Gravel. Yeah. Still don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. I'm horrible. Yeah. But um, they've got some options as far as who they've signed and stuff. But For um, sure. That's good stuff, though. Really – Really good, exciting times for the prospect pool right now. We've been talking about it. It's just kept getting better and better and better. So a lot to be excited about right now when it comes to the yep. prospect pool and development camp. It's going to be awesome. Preseason, sh- pre-se- preseason should be good too because we'll see some of these guys in the preseason games. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, boys. All right. Y'all have a good night. See y'all. Have a good one, man. Take see care. See you, Kyle. All right. All right. Good stuff. Kyle had to bounce out part of being a dad and having little ones running around. Yeah. So, um, but that was That's good true. stuff there from the, uh, from the development camp that I totally missed. All right. This is Catfish on Ice episode 138 off season review edition, even though the Preds could still have a move up their sleeve. I forgot to bring this up at the beginning of the episode, Rich. Robbie Stanley is going to hop on with me tomorrow yeah. morning. To record awesome. a segment, the the great Robbie Stanley of 102.5 The Game. He's been on the podcast once before. He's so kind to rejoin the podcast to talk about a lot of the stuff that's yep. happened over the offseason. I can't wait to get all of his mm-hmm. thoughts on everything. So that will be part of the main episode we're recording tonight. So yep. the full episode will not be available on podcast platforms until later tomorrow. So a little bit of a change in schedule there if you're wanting to download the podcast the next day. If you've already downloaded it and you're listening to it right now in your car, no need to do anything. The Robbie Stanley interview is going to be at the end of the episode. So just keep on listening. Yep. Very All right, Rich. Guy. Yes, Robbie's one of the best out there. I love yeah, him. He's, he's such awesome. a good dude. He's such he's a, a solid, cool solid, guy. great guy. Yeah. All right, Absolutely. so do we think the Preds got anything else up their sleeve, Rich? What do you think, man? I would hope so, but it just – as time passes, it just looks like – It would have to be a trade. It would either be a trade yeah, or maybe sure. – You know, I was I was all over this Phil Kessel stuff just because he's a funny dude, and I think he'd add a lot of humor and a lot of uh, <laughs> lot energy of to the lock. He'd eat a lot of hot dogs. Hot dog sales would triple in Nashville – for sure. And that'd be good. That'd be great for the local economy to sell more hot dogs. Yeah. But um, you know, 
the more I think I about it, the more I think about it, I don't know if there's a place for him on this team. <laughs> I mean, there's not now, fun, really, but, if you think about it. There's not. I mean, where are you going to put him? I mean, he he come for a cheap. He would come for a cheap price. Like you, you could get him for two million probably, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and he could score, he could score you some clutch goals here and there. You know, he played for a really bad Arizona Coyotes team last year and he still piled up a ton of assists. He did. So, sure. I mean, he could, he could still be a very productive player. He would add some toughness to your team, but yep. I don't want him to come onto the team and take away a spot from a young guy who, who's, who needs, who needs it, who's earned it. That's kind of where sure. I'm at with it. Yeah, so where he would slot in would maybe be the third line or whatever, but you really don't want to – if they wind up keeping, you know, Sissons, Trennan, and Janot together, you really don't want to break those dudes up to to insert him in there. You would end up up sticking him on a line with, like, maybe Ellie Tolvanen or maybe he'd be on a line with um, Tommy Novak might fit back into the lineup or – I mean, it, it would be kind of up in the air at that point, and I don't know. I just don't know if yeah. he'd fit on this team at this point. So I'm gonna go ahead and Not scratch now. him off. But he he is still hanging around out there. It'd, it'd be if the I think if the Preds wanted him, they would have already done it by now. But um, yeah, I agree. I, th- I think so too. And like you said, it wouldn't be a a, a big contract or anything. So um, yeah. yeah, I don't so, know. I, mean, I agree with you. The, I'm I'm kind of over it a little bit. It was kind of a novelty could, thing for a little bit, but yeah. They could pull off a trade uh, still. Very, very – they could definitely do that. I mean, it's still on mm-hmm. the table. But I'm more of the belief now that their rosters mm-hmm. can definitely contend. There's no excuse for them not to be a um, quality team that can win a lot of games and be in that playoff hunt once again. No excuses for that um, not to happen. And then I think that you should be in a really position to do something – at the trade deadline. Yes. Especially yeah. attending. If you're contending, if you're in the top three of the division and you're hanging around up there near the top and you're you're competing with the Blues and the Wild for second and third place in the division and the trade deadline comes along and the front office feels like we are just one big piece away from pulling something special off, mm-hmm. then that's what you do at the trade deadline. So that's going to be really interesting looking way out in the future right now. Way, see what happens with this team for sure yeah i agree i think anyway. if they just you know maybe just roll with what they have and just see see what happens i mean well it's not they're no slouches that's for sure and the pieces that they've got and we are, also great. we also got to bring it up here yakov trennan still has to get a contract for he sure. has gone to arbitration um which is a normal thing. No reason to get too overworked about arbitration or anything like that. Salary arbitration. He has definitely outplayed his contract. And so that's why arbitration is happening right now because he had a really good season and he's earned himself a quite a little hefty pay raise. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting where his contract falls. The Preds right now, according to cap friendly, have a little bit over $4 million of projected cap space right now. So they have more than enough money to get Yakov Trennan paid, but not much is going to be left after that. So no. anything else that happens after anything else that happens after Trennan gets signed, it's going to have to come via a trade. You're going to have to dump some salary by trading a Dante Fabro or trading some other players away. It's going to get it's going to have to get really creative at that point if you pull for off sure. a trade. Yeah, so, for sure. 
Um, if you remember last time, Yakov Trenin went through contract negotiations. He was kind of dangling the fact that he could go to the KHL over, you know. That's, that's not going to happen now. <laughs> that's definitely not going to happen now, so they don't we, have to worry about that. We can but. take that off the, we can take that <clears> off the <throat> table. For sure. That's definitely off All the right. table. But um, I love Yakov Trenin. I mean, he, oh, I yeah. definitely want to see him. I definitely want to see him get paid. I think he could get around two and a half million maybe. I can mm-hmm. see him falling around that number. Uh, two to two and a half a million number. dollar range is where I'm expecting him to get. So, yeah, it'll happen. It's, it's it's probably just a matter of them being off by, you know, maybe less than a half million dollars. But these mm-hmm. kind of things happen a lot with some with players like Trennan, unique players like that who sure. really outperformed maybe what the team was expecting. It happens. They'll figure something out. I'm not too worried about it. No. Absolutely. Let's let's go ahead and move on here. Again, this is episode 138 of Catfish on Ice with your hosts, Chad Mitten and Rich Howe. As we're doing our off-season review, this is presented Mm. by DraftKings, and we are part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Let's fill you in on DraftKings real quick. It is the off-season, of course, but DraftKings is still there for you because we still got plenty of really good sports going on right now. We've got golf, MMA, We've got Major League Baseball, of course. We've got all the stuff. It never ends. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all of your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feed and feel the heat of the season like never before. So go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Right now, I think this offseason, the most fun for me personally to bet on is definitely going to be the UFC fights. Mm, I really like like picking the underdog a lot of times. I like looking at the – reading about the stories of some of these underdog fighters because it is not a glamorous climb to the top when it comes to uh, UFC fighting. These guys no. start off these these guys and ladies uh, start off making hardly any money for all the training they do. They normally have to mm-hmm. like quit their jobs to do this stuff. It's a really yep. amazing sport. Um, teaches a lot of discipline, but I love betting on it because I love betting on the underdog in everything. Yep. All for about sure. the underdog. So that's what I like to bet on. I know Rich likes to bet on. Um, uh, uh, croquet what is it croquet is that is that cricket? the sport Cro- is cricket? It cricket or what is it where they hit the ball into the little thing in the grass like what is oh, it oh yeah uh, croquet it i think it's, cro- I think it's right. called croquet you have, you have like a big right. hand it's like a big hammer like mm-hmm. it looks like a giant like gavel and you hit the ball through the yeah that's what the rick wicket. that's what that's what rich likes to bet on he bets on croquet every night we've actually told him he needs to cut back on his croquet betting because it's getting a little out of control yeah, it's getting a little out of control. Like, like betting on, I I, use, I like underground croquet though. Like they fight <laughs> a little more. Than, oh, uh, it's a CD. That's a CD scene there, CD, man. Yeah, kind of weird. He also uh, rich threw in a lot of money <laughs> on the hot dog eating contest a few weeks ago on Joey Chestnut. Oh my gosh. I can't even he watch bet, that. He he bet that Joey Chestnut would eat like eighty hot dogs and he only ate sixty. So Rich <sighs> lost a little money on that, but um, I it's okay. Even watch that. Mm. DraftKings is still there for you is what we're trying to tell you. So go do that. Yep. DraftKings Sportsbook app. Promo code THPN. They're, 
they are there for you until we get back to hockey season in a couple months. So just stick with it. Yeah. We've also got foot, football season starting in like a month. Right so around the corner. The sports, ca- sure. the sports calendar never stops. I know NFL training camps opened up today. So the, yeah, yep. sports calendar, it never stops. Nope. All right. Very Let's cool. get down to it. Let's talk about this Matthew to Chuck drama. I know he's one of your favorite players. So, man, yeah, that was craziness. Um, what did, what did you saying, think about? What did you think oh, about ahead. it, Rich? What, what? Well, I was just going to ask you. What were you thinking about it? Were you really buying into the fact that maybe the Preds would pull off something to get him? I'm not going to lie. I, I was going to be pretty excited. He's obviously a talented player. Just that would immediately, immediately 100% make the Predators better. But when I found out what they had to give up, I'm glad that they didn't do it. Because I'm going to be honest, I think Florida kind of screwed themselves. And um, I, I would have never I would have never given up those two guys for him. There's just no way. Wasn't going to happen. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe – when I saw the trade, I really could not believe – what Calgary sure. was eight. What, what Calgary came out big time winners to get Jonathan oh. Huberdo. They got yeah. they get Jonathan Huberdo, who is an MVP caliber player. Not to say that Matthew DeChuck isn't, but no. I mean, if you're looking at Calgary and they get Mackenzie Weger, who is a very quality defenseman, they get a prospect, they get a draft pick mm-hmm. out of it. I yeah, mean, sure. if you're if you're Calgary, and it's been a really horrible off season for them with Johnny Gaudreau, uh, just for sure sneaking out the back door and going to Columbus <laughs> and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's been a rough off season for them. They should be very very excited. Our friend Lindsay should be very very mm-hmm. excited that they were able to get the trade package in return for Matthew yeah. Chuck. Yeah, Huberto had a really good season last year. If you haven't checked, it was 115 points. Best of his career. I mean, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I, Calgary. Um, I think they definitely won on the trade. Not to say that Tuchuk isn't an awesome player. He is a great player. Um, I just I can't believe Florida gave up what they gave up for him. So Predators have oh, I know. nothing. Nothing. They would definitely not be in the running. Uh, if, if that's who they had to give up to get him, the Predators definitely didn't have anything to offer. No, even try to entice him here. There's so. no way. I mean, you <clears throat> were, the, the trade. I was hearing all kinds of crazy trade packages uh, that the Predators could throw out there. Some of them yeah. made a lot of sense. Some of them were really good. Um, mm-hmm. I saw Philip Tomasino's name in a lot of those trade packages. I saw uh, Irslav Askarov thrown in there, and that's mm-hmm. where I said I got to give you a hard no. I even yep. saw. Um, you don't give up goalie prospects like that. I'm sorry, you no, don't. I like him. Um, I know Matthew sure. Chuck's a great player, but that scared me thinking about that. Um, I saw Dante Fabro thrown in there. I saw Ellie Tolvanen thrown in there, even though yeah. Tolvanen's trade value is not very high right now. Mm-hmm. Matthias Eckholm was mentioned in there. Um, Eckholm's an interesting one. Eckholm would have yeah. been maybe, but the thing of it is that the Flames really needed them to get a, a – high quality scoring winger in return, you know, and I don't think yeah, the Preds sure. really, the Preds didn't really have that to offer, you know? Yeah. We barely and, have. Unless, <laughs> unless, unless they were going to trade Matt Duchesne. I saw some people even mention Matt Duchesne yeah. in a trade package that might've gotten it done, but I don't know. I don't know how much yeah, better you would have been, you know, at that yeah. point. 
And I guess, <clears throat> I don't know, like it, it seems like he might not – I don't know how you'd fit in with the team. I guess you just make it work when you have such a talented player, but it just doesn't seem like he's the type of player that would fit in with the Predators very well. But I guess yeah. – if you like I said, if you did have him, you you'd make it work, obviously, because he's he's really talented. So yeah, it was, yeah, so it his, was crazy. His uh his quote I'm reading here from Sportsnet about <laughs> um going to the Panthers. Uh, Matthew Chuck said, "Very surreal. It hasn't fully sunk in yet." Um, in his first press conference as a Panther, he says, "It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable waking up here." You just get get that little bit more excitement knowing where you are. So I guess he's a big Florida guy. I guess he's a big Sunshine State guy. Apparently, I guess I don't know. I did see him also say that he said I hated Edmonton when I was up there, and now I hate Tampa Bay. So oh, so he's your new favorite player now. Now that he shares the hatred for Tampa Bay with you, stirring up the pot, isn't he? <laughs> I like Florida. Uh, I don't have fun. I want to go back uh, another part of this quote here from Sportsnet here uh, to Chuck said, when I made the list of teams, first and foremost, it was winning. Well, duh. I mean, that's what every player is going to say. But still, so it was winning. It was not just winning now, but it was winning in the future. All the guys are are from my age to 28, 29, or the majority are. So I guess he was wanting a good young team to join. Um, Win now mode and win in the future. Um, number two is a lifestyle. I'm 24 and I had six unbelievable years in Calgary and it was the best place for me to be at the time. Looking ahead, I signed for eight years, but in my mind, I'm here for eight plus. So yeah. So he, it sounds to me like he's super, super happy with going to Florida. And then also John, uh, Huberdo also said he's very much open to signing long-term with Calgary. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I saw, uh, he put out a, tweet or something saying he was excited and you know he didn't think it was going to happen this way but he's happy um that it worked out and he's excited to uh, get started so it'll be fun it'll be a fun storyline to watch next season see how chuck does see how huberdo goes they're going to be they're going to be compared all season long next year you realize that like it's it's not going to even be fair it's not going to be fair but they're going to totally do it they're going to they're going to look at the season chuck's having individually they're going to look at what huberto's doing and they're going to compare the trade that way absolutely yeah you know that's going to happen for sure um i i am very happy that chuck went to the eastern conference and he didn't end up on some of these other teams that were being rumored he was being strongly linked to the st louis blues i saw even some some Don't rumors like that. that maybe the Dal- I saw some rumors that the Dallas Stars were in the mix. Wow. I would have, yeah. Wow. If he would have ended up on Dallas, if he would have ended up on Dallas, I, uh, I wouldn't yeah, have liked would that not, at all. Not have liked that. And then the I'm New Jersey Devils, the New Jersey oh. Devils, weren't they in on it? I'm pretty sure the Devils yeah, were I'm trying to get sure into. They were, they were one of the ones. So the well. the Devils have swung and missed on two. Cat former Calgary Flames players this offseason because yeah, they were also they one of the front runners for Johnny Goudreau. So they've missed out on two Flames players this this offseason. They were, the yeah. Um, poor Devils, man. They just can't catch a break. It seems like and yeah, they're not that great. They're suffering. So. The, well, they're one of those younger teams that seem to be getting better and better, but um, they got a long yeah. ways to go, though. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's go ahead and get to our final. Preds topic of the night in our off-season review. 
And that's just a very, very simple, straightforward question. I like to keep it simple on this show sometimes. After all, everything we've talked about tonight with the offseason review, all the different moves that have happened, let's be realistic here. I know that it's all, the goal is always to win a Stanley Cup. I, if you ask a player that, they are going to say our goal is to win a Stanley Cup. I totally get that. Yep. We're not asking the players. We're asking ourselves as fans and followers of the team, what is the realistic ceiling that should be set for this Predators team next season after seeing all the moves they've made with Ryan McDonough, with re-signing Philip Forsberg, with getting Nino Niederreiter, with making a couple other significant moves here and there. Mm-hmm. Rich, you started off. What is the ceiling? Where do you where do you think the Predators have to need to, need to go both in the regular season, maybe in the postseason? What, what are you thinking? Well, uh, <clears throat> with what they've done, they definitely moved the needle. Did they move the needle enough to get a Stanley Cup? No, I don't. In my opinion, I don't think so. But anything can happen. You never know. But you got to get hot at the right time. They say it all the time. Right time. I I would be with where they are and who they have. I would be disappointed if they weren't in the top three of of their uh, um, the conference or the division. The division, uh, for, yeah. For the, for, the, division. for the majority, for the majority of the season. I think they, they need to they, they need to finish in the top three. They that they need to finish I in know. the top three and be a player in the top three, I think, the whole yeah. the whole season. Just to Which send I mean, they were in the top three for for a decent mm-hmm. little chunk of last season too, and then it kind of fell Work. apart there towards the end. And then <clears> they barely they barely even made the playoffs. But yeah. I think if they can just build on what they did last year in the first three fourths of the season, I think it's definitely something to build on. They just need to finish a little stronger and, you know, who knows? Uh, will they get to the Stanley cup finals? No, <laughs> not, would, I don't think it, so. But. You know, I'll, I agree with that expectation and that you can call that a bold prediction as well. Um, finish in the top three of the division. I know that's not the only goal, obviously, it doesn't matter if you finish in the top three of the division. If you yep. lose in the first round again, then who cares if you finish in the top three? But Maybe right now, we're, we're, we're just trying to set benchmarks here. We're trying to set a measuring mm-hmm. stick of where we think this team should end up, and that's a really good uh, goal to set is finishing in the top three. It'd be really, really cool. I None of us think that the Predators are going to um, take out Colorado and win the division. Like yeah. That's not going to happen. They're pretty high up on that mountain by themselves right now. But For sure. Would it be really cool? And is it is it's not completely outlandish, at least not in my mind, to think that maybe, just maybe, the Predators could be that second place team and get to host a first round playoff series. That would be yeah. pretty awesome. Get home ice advantage in the first round. I I give them a puncher's chance to hang with St. Louis and Minnesota in the top like three that. for of the division. I do think the Predators are definitely where we sit right now. I think they're better than Dallas. Mm-hmm. I I definitely think they're better than Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg's not had a very good offseason at all. I think Winnipeg's going backwards right now. Chicago's Mm -hmm. definitely a fire sale. Um, They're going to be Arizona. (laughs) Chicago's going to be last year's. uh, They're going to be this year's Arizona. They're just going to trade spaces, and then uh, Arizona and all Arizona and all five thousand of their fans might get to see them play. (laughs) They might get to see the Coyotes finish in sixth place. So. 
There you I'm go. not going to lie. It would be pretty awesome to go there and watch an NHL game. Oh, I, I would sign up for that. I would. Lo- that would be really cool. It'd feel, it'd feel like you're in a college arena, or it Absolutely. is a college arena. But like it, it would, is, yeah. it would. But I mean, it's kind of an embarrassment for the NHL to that, it that, is, that but, they. But it is what it is. We won't get into that. Yeah, We've already kind of yeah, talked yeah. about that. But yeah, what I'm trying to say is, I think it's a toss up between Minnesota, Nashville, and St. Louis. A lot of people would probably push back on me right now and say, no, St. Louis and Minnesota are still better than Nashville. Okay, fair enough. But I think you can call it kind of a – they though? I don't know. A, I think you can call know. it a toss-up between those three. Yeah, if, you, if, I'm gonna pick, if I'm going to pick one of those two teams between St. Louis and Minnesota that's maybe slightly better than Nashville, I'll say St. Louis is maybe slightly better than Nashville. But Minnesota doesn't scare me at all, to be quite honest. So yeah. – yeah, I think – and Nashville played really well against Minnesota last season. It sure did. Season. So, yeah. I think it's very – that's a very realistic, bold prediction to make uh, yeah. as far as I, talking I about agree. this team's ceiling. Um, so, yeah, as far as postseason, um, I'm not saying it would be good enough and we should be pleased, but this team's got to get out of the first round for a change. Yeah, yeah. I know we should – I know it doesn't mean a whole lot if that's all they do and they still lose in the second round. But it's all about showing progress and making progress and showing us results, improving mm-hmm. results. And the fact this team hasn't gotten out of the first round since 2018 is just – it's its ridiculous. We need to see results. We need to see postseason results. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think I think with the, the guys that they've gotten and the moves they've made, they've got a best chance that they've had in, like, like you said, in several years – to, to definitely get out of the first round. Um, I think just the addition of those guys, um, you know, need rider playing with Carolina. We know how they play. He we can bring some McDonough. of that to the table. Got Ryan McDonough, you know, we definitely know how he plays. We've seen it, mm-hmm. seen him in action. That, that gives them a, a, a good advantage to, 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 to do better than they did in, in the postseason. So, um yeah, I mean you've it's exciting a, for sure. You've got a I mean, you've got a Phil you've got a Philip Tomasino who you would there's no reason to think that he's not gonna take yep. an even further step forward in his mm-hmm. career growth. He had a great rookie campaign. Alex Carrier just keeps getting better and better and better. Um, for sure. So you've got these younger players. Uh, Ellie Tolvanen is obviously the big question mark, but we'll see Huge what happens. Tanner Janot, there's no reason to think Tanner Janot can't even take another step forward and have yep. an even more productive season. Uh, Yakov Trenin's another player who you expect to keep improving, keep improving, mm-hmm. getting better as he grows in his NHL career. So, yeah, there's yep. tons of reason to think that this team is going to significantly get better yep. um, next season. It's It's really exciting to see it happening. And then here's the biggest one. If the Preds do make the playoffs, let's just hope that for that UC Soros is actually healthy for the playoffs this time around. Yeah, because I mean we didn't uh, even we didn't even mention. I mean I'm not saying that the Preds would have gotten out of the first round with UC Soros and net. They wouldn't have the Avalanche probably at the very least would have still beaten them probably in five. Yeah, but yeah, sure. But all I'm saying is. UC Soros is going to make a hell of a difference if he's if he's available when if it, when and if the Preds make the playoffs next season. So for sure, and and now he's got that first season as a starter under his belt, so he should be ready to go. Um, Speak, speaking of UC Soros, let's throw in another bold prediction. Yeah. 
um, that's kind of tying into our Preds ceiling as well for next season. We're kind of tying in two segments together here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. Bold predictions, which means it ha- you have to go you have to go out on a limb. You can't predict anything easy here. UC Saros is going to win the Vezina. This is his year. It's happening this year. Hey, man. I'm going to say it right now. He was in the running for a long time last season, so I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I just, I think it's I think it's very it's, it. it's very it's very very rare for a goaltender to win two Vesnas in a row. So as great as Igor Shesterkin is, I'm going to take him out of it. I don't think he's going to win it this year. He'll probably win plenty more in his career, but I'm going to take him mm-hmm. out. It's UC Soros's time. I've I've probably said this last off season too. So I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. So it happens. In fact, will it in fact I, you know what? I'm going to have to go back and listen to the tape. I think I did predict you. I think I did predict UC Soros to win the Vezina last year. So you know what? I'm going to say. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to keep saying. Six years from now, if if Soros hasn't won a Vezina and we're still doing this podcast, I'm going to guess what? I'm going to predict it again. I'm going to predict it every year until he wins. It will happen. It'll happen eventually. He will win. Yeah, that's cool. So I guess I'll give you a bold. Let me give you a bold. Yes, jump in on it. Have a bold and possibly bolder um, prediction. If everything trends right the way it did last year, I'm going to say Philip Forsberg is going to break 90 points this season. Um, The bolder is – That's attainable. I think it's attainable, but when you package it with what I'm about to say, um, that's where it gets bold. Him and Matt Duchesne break 90 next year. I think that, it's, that's it's doable. It's conceivable. It's, not, it's conceivable to have two good seasons in a row like that. That's the that's the tricky part. Uh, but I think they can do it. So, so here here's a big thing about Forsberg, and I think Kyle Perkins has brought this up before in past episodes. Philip Forsberg has not played more than seventy games in a season since 2016-17. Yep. Now, we won't count the 56-game season because that's not fair to put that against him, obviously. But in all of your – and we really can't even – so, let's see, the season that was cut short, so 2019-20, he had played 63 games. So, he he probably would have broke 70 games that year if the season hadn't been cut short. But he only played in 69 games last year of 82. The year uh, 2018-19, he played in 64 of 82 games. The year before that, 67 of 82 games. Wow. So, if Forsberg, mm. Forsberg's played 82 games, all 82 games, three times in his career, when he first started playing regularly for the Preds. So, from 2014 to 2017, he played three straight seasons of all 82 games. Yep. So if Forsberg can fit an 82-game season under his belt, then 90 points should be very attainable for him. For sure, yeah. Yep, he was close last season, but to have both of those guys do it, that would just be amazing. It's really – it's. I mean, even if he can just play like 70 upper 70s games, he could probably hit Mm -hmm. 90 points. But we'll have to wait and see. It's it's definitely a possibility. Uh, So he's going to be rejuvenated. He's going to be ready to go. Yep, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have the whole contract free agency status looming over his head to distract him. So, yeah, and he just got married. So, congratulations to Philip Forsberg. He did in Paris or in France. 
Very yeah. happy for him. That's all. So he's had he's had a pretty good couple weeks, Rich. He got married. He has, and he yeah. just signed a big old shiny contract. So it's been a pretty good week for Philip Forsberg or a couple weeks. Yeah, for sure. I guess he'll be getting him a big old house in Nashville somewhere soon. So good on yep. good for him. Good all right, him. let's see. So those are our um, Preds ones. I've got one NHL prediction here. I'm going to go with a bold prediction on who I think is going to win league MVP next year. Ooh. And it's not a Preds. It's not a Preds player. No. I'm not that. I'm not that bold. <laughs> um, although I would love to predict Roman Yossi, but no. Yeah. I'm going to say this is pretty bold here, Rich. Matthew Tuchuk is going to win league MVP. Okay. All right. That's, in his uh, new Florida, in his new Florida digs on a team that has a high-powered offensive running gun type of offense, I think he's going to pile up the points. He's easily going to get more than a hundred points. It's my bold prediction: Matthew DeChuck in his first year in Florida wins the Hart Trophy. That is bold. That's a that's a good one. Um, it's attainable. It's attainable I got, for him. That's so I got, I got Soros winning the Vesna. I got Tuchuk winning the Heart. Those are my bold predictions. If you want me to do more realistic predictions, I'll come back <laughs> to that another time. Yeah, we'll have to think about those. But they're they're yeah, bold I mean, predictions for a reason. Yeah, I think that's doable for him. I mean, he's last season was his best ever. I'm looking at his stats. So 104 points. And and he's such a young player, so I mean, the peak young player, for his yeah. career is coming. Like you know, you don't expect yep. him to fall backwards. So, for sure. And he's yep. playing for a much. He's playing. He's now he's joined a much highly powered offensive team, whereas the Flames, you know, he 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 was a hundred plus point scorer on a Flames team that wasn't confused as being an offensive juggernaut necessarily. Right. They were still a qual. They were a quality offensive team, but they they weren't like the run and gun style that Florida plays with. So yep. he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna pile up the points. He will for sure. Um, maybe they'll eventually make him the captain. I know he probably wants to be a captain somewhere. So yeah, maybe that's in his future. It'd be good. Yeah, It'd be good to watch. Yeah. All right, let's shift. Let's end episode one thirty eight. Let's let's give a couple shows here that oh yeah can help that can help all of our listeners get through the dog days of the off season now that free agency is pretty much behind us. The drafts behind us. All, all we had to look forward to right now is training camp, which is still a ways away. So we've got a little bit of a dead. We got a dead period of the off season where not a lot's going to be happening on the hockey yep. side of things. So let's give you some shows. I'm going to give you some shows I've been watching. I'm going to give a couple because Kyle Kyle's out of the show right now. He yep. had to leave early. So since we don't have some of his shows, I got a couple I can throw in there that I've been That's watching. Cool. Yep. The first uh, one I got. The first one I got here, it's been out for a little bit. It's two seasons. You can watch it on Hulu, so you can binge it on Hulu. That's what I've been doing. I'm really into, like, the nature shows. Like, I love all the oh, shows yeah. where, like, um, all the wildlife experts go out there and, like, check out all these exotic animals and do all the crazy stuff. I love, like, Shark Week on National oh, Geographic right. or Discovery Channel. Yep. I love Shark Week. I had never heard of this show. I don't know if you have or not. Right. But I discovered it a, like a week ago, and I, I just I've I watched like six episodes in a row. I couldn't get enough of it. 
Have you heard of a show, Rich, from the history? I think it's from National Geographic is the original. No, it's from History Channel. History the Channel. original channel. But it's on Hulu. Okay. Kings of Pain. Kings of Pain. No. I have never heard of okay. that. Okay, so Kings of Pain is a, is a show about these two wildlife experts. One of them is a professional animal handler. The other one is a wildlife biologist. So they're both oh, like... Hold on. They, they, okay. they both work with, with animals. And... The, each episode, they go out to some of the most exotic and crazy um, parts of the world, and they get these creepy crawlers and all these animals, and they let these they let these animals bite them, and they rate the pain of these bites on a on a scientific scale. And seen, it is it is gnarly. I mean, they let centipede like centipedes. Um, <coughs> tarantulas one of the episodes they let a bird it's called the bird eating tarantula is the name of this tarantula it's the biggest thing of it i get it it looks like a hamster with eight legs (laughs) i love the look on your face right now this is great but they let they literally so they handle it properly the animals don't get harmed like they handle it because they're professionals so they a lot of times they'll they'll um use yeah. these tweezers to hold the animal properly and they'll place the animal on like their forearm. They let the animal bite or sting them. And then they rate the pain on this pain index. I, I, I can't get enough of it. It's, it's like um, watching a car wreck. I actually, like you can't look away. You can't look actually away. was flipping channels one time and saw them. Uh, you remember when murder hornets was like the big thing? Yeah, they let they yeah, let a so hornet sting them. One of those types of they hornets did. they let one that. That was on one did. of the episodes. And he he did it, and then he was like, "Oh, oh, it's like instant." And like his hand got all gnarly and puffed up. Yeah, I I do know what you're talking about now. That's that's insane. They let um, there's eel no way. Sting there's not an amount. Seen, there's not an I've amount seen. of money. They've let an well, eel sting them. They've let um. All kinds of crazy stuff, man. Like snakes, uh, a centipede. Uh, there was one. There was one animal called the velvet hornet, or the vel- no, the velvet, the velvet something, and it looked very, very harmless. But apparently, it was like the most painful thing. Like the dudes, um, they let it. I think they let him do it on the forearm, and his forearm started puffing up with like blisters oh within like within like six hours. These guys are Man. crazy, but I, I I can't get enough of it. So it's crazy. That is insane. And then the other the other one I got, I'm really into like World War II stuff. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm yeah, a huge sure. I'm a huge history nerd. There there is a show I highly recommend if you're into the old time World War II stuff and um, all that stuff. It's called Buried Secrets of World War II. Oh, that's cool. And it's also. I think that. it's from National. It's from National Geographic. It's also on Hulu. Buried secrets of World War II. They go back and go into like the vegetation and go find all these historic battlegrounds, and they uncover using science and technology That's how great. these battles happened. And uh, it, it, some of it's pretty hard to watch because I mean it shows like yeah. some some old footage of where Americans lost <laughs> their lives and stuff. So it's 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 very educational but it's a really really well done show yeah so, that's, um, that's awesome. another one that's another one that our listeners can can check out during the off season here yeah that's cool i have to check that one out that sounds interesting so i talked to kyle a little bit and we had a show both of us were going to say the same show 
So we started the new season of uh, what we do in the shadows is on. I don't know if you've seen that or uh, heard about what, it. What's it's, it on? It's on what's Hulu. the streaming it's network? Hulu. It's on Hulu. Oh, I gotta check it out. You can watch. You can watch all of the other seasons. Um, it's a. It's vampires. They live in like um, Long Island or something, and it's like present day times. It's a comedy. It's really funny. You, you'd probably like it. Um, the guy who I've heard of it wrote the guy who wrote um, Thor Ragnarok and directed the new Thor movie, Taika Waititi. He's he's the producer and directed a bunch of the episodes. It's his show. It's very funny. Check it out. Love it. I will definitely. And and by the way, Hulu is not our sponsor. We wish it was, no, but Hulu is no. not our sponsor. But we're we're <laughs> no. throwing we're throwing a lot of love to Hulu tonight. That's that's funny because the other thing <coughs> that I watch, I like watching um, music documentaries about bands okay, that I like. Yeah, yeah. And there was a documentary on called or "Were Once Brothers," and it was actually on Hulu. Um, it's about you know the band the band you know i'm talking about um up on the cripple band. creek yeah their name no, is the band you okay. never heard of them oh really yeah oh. so it's the band um there's a documentary about them and then um so they were um they started off playing with uh, this one guy but then they actually the whole band wound up being bob dylan's backing band so oh. i watched then i started watching a documentary about bob dylan so um, yeah, just, I love, like I love documentaries though. Any, as long as it's an interesting documentary, like I For love sure. watching documentaries, anything yeah, that too. can teach you something and give you some knowledge, you know, is, is always a Absolutely. good thing. So, um, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Let For us sure. know right now, tweet the show at catfish ice. Tell us what you're watching. Uh, give us some good suggestions to be watching to get us through the Preds sure. off season, because I got to tell you, I really do miss hockey. I don't know about you, but I miss hockey. Oh, I do for sure. Yeah. They're, they're starting doing the, uh, the Preds are putting out on social media, the countdown, like players numbers. And they're like, the other day it was Soros. And it's like, it's a long way away. I started looking for a, uh, might try to go to a preseason game. Um, there's, I think they're playing Tampa Bay on a Friday night in September. I might try to go to that, but we'll see what happens. I'm really missing it. Yep, for that's, sure. So I've already got it circled on my calendar when no, they yeah. play at Bay Lightning. <coughs> Good old Amelie Arena. I, I think they play in – yeah, I'm definitely going to be there. I, I got to look up when exactly I saw it here because I will definitely be there. Let's see. They play at Tampa Bay on December 8th. Oh, there you go. I will be there. <clears throat> Maybe you'll meet some. Um, I will definitely be there. I cannot wait for that. That'd be cool. Meet some. Uh, yes, it it would be awesome. Fans. That'd be great. Very cool. For sure. So yeah, December eighth, I'll be at that game, and then uh, my buddy Clayton, he's the Dallas Stars fan. I've already told him he needs to come down here when Dallas plays at Tampa, and we'll go to that game. Oh yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I plan on going to plenty of games there, settling in here in St. Petersburg, Florida. Awesome. Um, I gotta say it's a really great town. The people are super, super nice. I highly mm. recommend for anyone who's, um, looking for a new vacation spot to come to this part of Florida because not St. Petersburg is, is pretty, but all the surrounding areas of the beaches mm -hmm. and the coastline is just there's so much good food down here. Like I said, the people are really nice. There's so much to do. Awesome. 
Um, yeah, I'm right south of Clearwater Beach, but you've also got all these other beautiful beaches. I went mm -hmm. to this one beach. It's an it's actually an island right off um, oh, the mainland. Wow. It's, there's like a little strip of islands that you have to go across some bridges to yep. get to. And there's a really thin little island called Passe de Grill. And it's, oh, wow. it's, it's a really old island and it's got cobblestones on it. That's just how old wow. this island is. It's got cobblestones. Wow. It's got like a little town center that's just one little block. It's a little town center. And you can tell how old the island is with these cobblestones. It's got old little shops on it and some that's old amazing. restaurants. It was, it's so cool. So I highly recommend coming down here, checking out Tampa St. Pete area. It's a really good area. And, um, yeah, yep. I'm in Tennessee, well, but I'm happy to be down here. Yep. Glad you made it and you're getting settled in. That's awesome. For sure. All right. I'm still a Predators hey, fan. I'm still wearing the hat. No one needs to worry. Well, I'm better. not a Lightning fan. It's going to be okay. <sighs> Can't even Ugh. imagine it. Ugh. You would disown me. You would just kick I'm me would. off the I would. I probably would. Can't do it. You would change the password to the to the podcast. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to log in. You would just disown me. You'd block my number on. You'd block me one on day. social media. You'd block my phone number. Yeah, one day you're just like, you know what? We're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning from here on out. <laughs> never. It Not would never happen. happen. All right, everybody. No thank you so much for listening. This has been Catfish yep. on Ice, episode one thirty eight. We will be back next week on our normal schedule for a brand new episode. Stay tuned for that. It's been great. It's been fun. Brought to you by DraftKings, promo code THPN, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We hope everyone has a great rest of their week, and we'll see you next week. Also, stay tuned for the end of this episode because we got Robbie Stanley coming up. If you're listening to the recorded audio version, Robbie Stanley interview, Robbie Stanley 1025 Games coming up next. All right, we are rolling along here on episode 138 of Catfish on Ice, and we've got uh, another awesome guest joining us, uh, Robbie Stanley of 102.5 The Game. Robbie and Rex Road in the morning it has been kind enough to join us today. He already has done a, a full four-hour morning show today, and he's still kind enough to jump on to Catfish on Ice and talk about some Nashville Predators offseason in review. So much has happened this offseason with the Predators. Robbie, how are you doing today, man? Chad, I'm great, brother. Appreciate you having me on today. Oh, no problem. I just heard you're coming down to my neck of the woods in a couple weeks, uh, down to the St. Pete, Tampa area. So that's exciting. Maybe, maybe we can meet up. Maybe we can catch up or whatever. I'd love to meet you in person. But uh, yeah, should be a fun time for you down here. Yeah, you're down there living that sunshine Florida life now, just leaving us all behind. In January, uh, it'll be 20 degrees here, and it'll be 70 degrees down there. It'll be a good time for you. Yeah, it's still really hot down here right now, but it's, I mean, it's just as hot in Nashville. So, I mean, I'd rather be near a beach if I got to deal with the hot weather. So that was my oh, yeah. whole thinking from getting all the extra UV rays down here. <laughs> but, um, all right, so let's dive right into this because, as we know, the Nashville Predators have had a, one of the busier off-seasons that I can remember them having in quite some time. They made, they've made several very impactful moves this off-season, and I just can't wait to hear a lot of your thoughts on what's happened. Let's start off, first of all, just – Generally speaking, uh, based on what you think, Robbie, how much better have the Preds gotten this offseason as far as their ceiling, looking at expectations for next season, based on what they've done this offseason since they were swept by the Avalanche a couple months ago? How much better do you think they've actually gotten? Well, I, I think they've gotten significantly better. And 
you know, we'll, we'll get to the Nino Niederreiter signing in just a minute, but I, I think a big thing that people probably weren't talking about enough and weren't paying it to, attention to enough at the end of last year was just how bad they were defensively coming down the stretch. And everybody points to Soros getting hurt, and yeah, that was part of it, especially in the playoffs against Colorado. But it was before that. Like, before Soros got hurt, they were struggling defensively coming down the stretch. So I said it heading into the offseason, like, you need to go find a top-four defenseman. Now, I didn't anticipate Ryan McDonough was going to be the top-four defenseman, (laughs) but it kind of fell into their lap. You know, David Poyle was on our station a couple of weeks ago, and he just kind of talked about how it came together. And I think McDonough is such a big deal. And I know everybody's excited about Niederreiter and obviously getting Forsberg back. And I'll talk about that here in just a second. But I think the McDonough deal was really the thing that kickstarted this offseason. Now, he's 33. It's a hefty price tag at $6.75 million that comes with it. But I think it's a big deal to get him in the fold. Mm-hmm. I think it slots everybody defensively where they need to be. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think Dante Fabro is a top four defenseman right now. So I think it makes him, you know, I think he's a really good third-pair defenseman. So I think it kind of slots him where he needs to be. I'm interested to see how they kind of shake that up. Is it going to be Yossi playing with Carrier? Is it going to be Yossi playing with McDonough? Do you have a shutdown pair of just Ekholm and McDonough, which I think could be the best shutdown pair in the league, if that's the way you want to go with it? So there's a lot of options back there, and I love that move. I think it's probably, other than re-signing Forsberg, which you had to do, the, the yeah. McDonough move is my favorite move of the offseason. Obviously, it's a big deal to get Philip Forsberg back in. That that goes without saying. Nino Niederreiter, I, I think, is a very good add, particularly at the price and the term that they got him. I, I mm. wasn't – I'll be transparent. Like, I wasn't really all that interested in adding Nino Niederreiter to a five-year deal. I just – it doesn't really do it for me, and I think the Predators – really need to be selective about some term on their deals. But you get him at two years, and you get him at $4 yeah. million dollars a year, I can live with that all day long. Definitely. The Predators. And I think it's a good deal, good value. He absolutely upgrades the top six. I think he upgrades the second power play unit as well. And he plays the way that he plays the game. Yes, the offense is good, but really his all-around game, I think, is a good fit for what mm-hmm. John Hines wants to do. So to answer your question, Chad, I think they've gotten significantly better this offseason. I still probably wouldn't go Stanley Cup contender, I don't think. Although I will say, I think the rest of the Western Conference has gotten worse. So I think the Predators are absolutely a playoff team. Right now, I've got them right around right around second or third in the division. Yeah. I still give St. Louis the edge, uh, mm-hmm. but probably third in the division right now for the Predators. And to me, that's a pretty, good, that's a pretty yeah. big upgrade from last year. I, I agree with you on that, too. I, uh, I actually said the exact same thing in, in our episode last night, that I think maybe St. Louis is the only team you can slot them ahead. I, I kind of call it a toss-up right now between maybe the Preds and the Wild. You know, you can kind of argue either one. But they're right in that mix behind Colorado, and that's a good place to be in. Bringing up McDonough, yeah, it, it came out of nowhere. No, no one was expecting that or thinking that he was going to be on the radar, or that the Preds were even possibly looking at a defenseman. But it really does make sense when you go back and look at how the Preds really did fall apart defensively down the stretch. And that's always been their calling card is playing really – solid defense they're not gonna run up the score ever but they're definitely they're gonna play solid defense they're gonna have really great goaltending that's what we've always come to know the predators to be and so it's really awesome to see mcdonough come in there and solidify um, a, a top six defensive core that really hasn't been this strong in a while in my opinion because the third pairing's always been 
just a crapshoot in the last couple of years. And so now you can you have a third pairing that you can feel confident about. I still want to see if Dante Fabro becomes a trade piece, though. I don't know what you think yeah. about that. But, I mean, he's he's floating around out there. I think there's some teams that would be very interested in taking on a Dante Fabro. And if it could benefit the Predators in return, that's a player I would totally um, entertain trading if, if it ever comes up. Well, there's – with the with the McDonough move coming in, it's it's difficult for me to imagine not this season, but next season, when Carrier and Fabro both up after this year, and you got to you got to redo their deals. It's mm-hmm. difficult for me to imagine both of them are back. Like I, I just yeah. with McDonough coming in, you got Yossi long term, Ekholm's long term, McDonough's long term. Like I just don't think there's going to be enough money to to sign both Carrier and Fabro for what they're going to command. And honestly, like. You know, if Fabro, let's say Fabro's a third pair guy, are you really going to? I mean, he's making over $2 million right now. Are you paying over $2 million for a third pair guy? I'm not. So I, I don't really see, I don't really see a spot for both of them heading into 20, 2023, 2024. Now, next season, maybe you ride with it and see what happens. But I agree. Like, if there was going to be a trade, I would not be surprised at all if Dante Fabro was included in that. Like, I think. I think they like Carrier. Number one, Carrier's cheaper. I think he's played better than Fabro has. And, you know, in a trade piece, I think Fabro is still young enough to where teams around the league look at him and say, okay, he's still a young guy. That's a guy that we could we could try to develop here. So I would not be surprised whether it's this offseason or maybe at some point next year into next offseason, Dante Fabro could be traded. Yeah, for sure. And I think people forget how quick – Fabro was thrown into the fire. I mean, he was super young when he got thrown in. Uh, played with PK Subban, from what I remember, when he first got onto the Preds lineup. So I mean, he they didn't they didn't nudge him along at all. Like he was he was thrown in there quick. So uh, everyone seems to forget. Some people do that. You know, he's still got a lot of hockey time left in his future, and he's still got a lot of time to develop. But I would like for him to become a valuable trade piece. That's what I'm hoping. So, obviously, for obvious reasons, I hope he has a really good season for the Preds for many reasons. But uh, he can increase that trade value. And I'm, I'm already thinking way in the future here about the trade deadline because I do think the Predators, if they're competing, that they'll be active at the trade deadline. If they're you know hanging around that second or third place position, that's going to wait out in the future. So, we'll, we'll save that for, for another time. But, um, okay, so I want to get your thoughts. We're being joined by Robbie Stanley of 102.5 The Game. And Robbie and Rex Road in the morning. So check them out Monday through Friday, uh, 6 to 10. Nailed it. All right. Yeah, there you go. All right. So um, do you think the Predators have left anything to be desired in free agency? Or do you think they they did enough? Is there something out there where you're like, you know what? I wish they could have pursued this player. Or I really wish they could have answered this this weakness in the lineup. Or do you think they actually went out and did what they really needed to do this offseason? And we should be pretty satisfied with what they've done. Well, it'd been nice to have Matthew Kachuk. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's I, I think he's he's the type of guy that I think would have been really it would have been really good if the Predators could have found their way into that discussion. You know, before Max Pacioretty got traded from Vegas to Carolina for basically nothing. I mean, when you when a, you get traded for that future was a crazy considerations, trade. yeah, like when you yeah. get traded for future considerations. That's nothing, but I think Vegas would be probably pretty hesitant to do that to another Western Conference team. So those are two moves that I thought those two guys probably would have been perfect fits with the Predators for different reasons. Like Kachuk, I have no problem locking up long-term eight years because he's an elite player and he's 24 years old. Like to me, that's the that's exactly the type of guy that you try to get signed to a long-term deal. 
if they would have gone the Pacioretty route, it's a one-year deal. I think he could have fit in perfectly with Ryan Johansson. And then you know at the end of the year his deal's up and you're not signing him back and you just let him go. But for one year, as his contract is expiring, you wouldn't have to give up much to get him. I thought it would have been good. But other than those two, like, you know, I, I think a lot of people overpaid a little bit for some of the free agents that were out there. I like Nino Niederreiter. Like I said, I think he's a good ad. You know, did the Predators dramatically upgrade their top six? I wouldn't go that far. Like, I, I think you're still, to a to certain degree, you're relying on a little bit of hope as a part of your strategy. Like, Philip Tomasino, I think, is going to be in the top six. I think he's ready, but he may not be. He's, he's still yeah. a young player, and we're going to have to wait and see if he can grow into that role. But to me, it would have been a colossal mistake for the Predators to to come into next season and just hoping that Ellie Tolvin and Philip Tomasino are your answers there. Like it would have yeah. been, you know, maybe they would have been. Maybe it would have worked out and Tolvin, you know, has a bounce back year and maybe that still ends up happening and Tomasino figures it out and maybe that's the way you go at some point. But I think to, to go into the season that way would have been a big mistake for the Predators. So I, I like the Niederreiter ad. I like the McDonough ad more than the Niederreiter ad, but the Niederreiter ad I think could end up be, making a big difference, particularly for – either Ryan Johansson or Granlin, because mm -hmm. most of the time it was Johansson last year that basically got stuck on an island by himself on the second line because Luke Cunningham was largely useless on the second line. That's what I was and about Tolvanen to get didn't to, bring yeah. much to the table. So I don't look, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to, they're going to formulate it this year. Like is Johansson going to be with Forsberg and Duchesne is Granlin going to be with Forsberg and Duchesne like he was last year. I don't know how they'll slot it, but either way, if it's Granlin playing with Niederreiter or if it's, if it's Johansson playing with Niederreiter, you're feeling a whole lot better about that right now than you were at the end of last season when it was Luke Cunning and Ellie Tolvanen. Yeah, and that's – I'm kind of looking at it like almost um, addition by subtraction. And, uh, I mean, I love Luke Cunning. I love his tenacity. I love his passion. I love his – I love how he sticks up for his teammates. And I, I wish him a really good long career. But it just wasn't working here, at least not in the spot that they were slotting him in for much of the he, – he cost the team a lot of uh, really – bad momentum crushing penalties and yep. it just he he wasn't he wasn't offsetting that by uh producing offense like you can live with some of the penalties and some of that if the if, if they're offsetting it with you know giving you some type of offense and he just wasn't really doing that so um they've definitely upgraded just by and it, they somehow got something in return for Luke Cunning which really surprised me you know they, they get a prospect shocked. They get a prospect and a draft pick. I mean, you'll take that all day for Luke Cunning. So that was a good low-key move that they made there. So, uh, yeah, and then when it comes to Philip Tomasino, like you said, I would like to see him in the top six as well. I think he earned it in his rookie campaign. He played well enough to um, earn that, and you just hope he doesn't get that sophomore slump that, that can happen. Uh, but I think he's earned it. I think he should be up there at least initially. Um, and then Ellie Tolvin is the big question mark. Where do you put him? Um I mean, going into next season, I mean, do you want to break up the herd line? That's that's kind of scares me a little bit because they just have so much chemistry. Um, and then so that means is Tolvanen really going to start on the fourth line? I mean, I don't know. That that It's going to be interesting answers that we're going to see in the preseason and in training camp. But uh, good stuff for sure. Uh, all right, let's let's just get out of here with this. Um, you mentioned it, Philip Forsberg. I really – we haven't talked really much since then, so I'd really love to get all of your thoughts for our listeners on Catfish on Ice here about how big of a deal that was, what would have been the catastrophic ramifications if he hadn't have came back, 
And then long-term, what do you think about the contract? You know, it, I think it's a very team-friendly deal, and it's also good. It's, it was very fair for both sides. So I loved how they worked, the front office worked their magic to come up with the deal, even though they made us sweat it out. I love the end result of it, at least. So, yeah, give us your thoughts on, on everything that happened with Philip Forsberg. Well, you know, I, I said, I think back in, I think it was December on the show that it would be an eight-year, eight-and-a-half million-dollar contract. So I guess my first question was, what in the world took so long about that? I mean, it took forever to get that <laughs> thing done. But in all seriousness, I mean, that's how negotiations go. Uh, you know, I think it's easy for for fans and us in the media to be looking around and saying, well, what's going on? What's taking so long? But David Poyle's done this hundreds of times. J.P. Barry, Philip Forsberg's agent, has done this hundreds of times as well. And at the end of the day, I agree. Like, I think it's a good deal for both sides. I think the Predators – it was something you had to do. He deserves to be paid more than Ryan Johansson. He deserves to be paid more than Matt Duchesne, and he is. And I, I love the deal for the Predators. I, I think he's going to end up being a really good player throughout most of that deal. Is he going to be worth $8.5 million per year by the time he's 33 or 34? Maybe not. But the cap's also going to go up by then. The TV deal's going to kick in. I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Like I think, I think the contract is going to end up working out pretty well for the Predators. So I love the deal. You know, I, I talked to Philip at the beginning of last year and I can tell you, like, he's always wanted to come back. That has always been the goal. You know, I, I've talked to some people around him. That That's always been the goal for him to be back here. Sometimes the business gets in the way of that. And, you know, if he would have gone and, and left and, and become a free agent and a deal wouldn't have gotten done, he would not have been the first player that made it to free agency that wanted to resign with the team he was at. And ultimately the business part of it just didn't work out. That's how things go sometimes in professional sports. But I think it's good that the Predators were able to get it done. And now the question is, you know, what sort of player is he going to be for the next four or five years, at least with this contract goes? I mean, he just put up 40 goals. I think we've always known that he has the capability of doing that. And he had never put it together before. Well, now that you're making big money, you know, I don't know that it has to be 40 goals every year, but you better be hanging around 35, 36. You better be hanging around 75, 80 points. And if you're doing that, yeah. then I think you're living up to the contract. Like, it, you know, if Forsberg doesn't score 42 goals next year, does that mean that the contract is a bust? Not necessarily, but you better be in the 30s. Like, you, there, there better yeah. be some consistent production that comes along with it. I think he knows that. And that's what that's what the expectation is going to be for him as he moves forward here. But I think last year was really encouraging from the standpoint of he was consistent night in, night out. Even even when you know the small stretches last year where the puck wasn't going in for him, he was still playing really well and he was generating a ton of chances. So I, I think last year, production aside, but just the way that he played the game, I think would encourage me a lot if I'm the Predators as I move forward. Yeah, for sure. And then oh, one thing I, I will say is he hasn't played more than 70 games, not counting the shortened season and not yeah. counting the season that was shortened by the pandemic. But uh, he hasn't played a, more than like 70 games in a season going all the way back to 2016-17. So I'd really like yeah. to see him. I know I know players can't control injuries sometimes, but it would be really nice for him to get some injury luck and be able to play in that 75 to 80 game range. He played three straight seasons of 82 game seasons when he yeah. first started breaking onto the Preds lineup, which is just incredible to think about, to play three st straight seasons of hockey, playing all 82 games. That's just 
incredible. So I'd love to see him be able to get back into that game range if all the injuries work out and he doesn't have any, you know, injuries that keep him sidelined. So that'd be great to see. But huge, huge thing for the Predators because now they can continue to keep competing for playoff berths. And we always say this, especially in hockey, just get hot at the right time and and roll those dice in the playoffs. And at the very least, at least the Predators do have a team that I think has a much better chance to compete in the postseason now. Um, and and that's really all you can ask for sometimes, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're look, they're unless the wheels fall off and they just get totally devastated by injuries, they're a playoff team. Like, they're – that was a big question mark last year. I had them finishing seventh in the division heading into last year. That didn't work out. That was a bad call by me. <laughs> but I, I think they clearly – You weren't alone in that. That is true. <laughs> But they're clearly a playoff team, I think, this year. Now, can you can you hold things together? Can you have enough guys step up to where when the playoffs do come around that you can be dangerous? Part of that is having a better regular season and not having to play against the Colorado Avalanche in the first round. That would be great too. But there's I think the team is 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 well positioned to be way more dangerous next year than they were this past year. Mm-hmm. And let's just hope the Arizona Coyotes aren't the season finale and they have to play their way out of the wild card. That would be uh, yeah. I, I'd, avoid that. I'd rather that I'd rather that trap game not happen again. All right, this has been a lot of fun. This has been Bobby Stanley joining episode 138 of Catfish on Ice, uh, presented by DraftKings from Coach Thanks, Robbie, for joining us. As you know, you're welcome back anytime. We love having you on. I love listening to your show on 1025 The Game. You're awesome, man. And you got Titans coverage, too, ramping up right now. So I'm going to be listening to all that stuff with training camp going on for Titans. So you're, you're a busy dude, so thanks for popping on with us. Well, Chad, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to do it anytime that you'll have me on, and we'll do it again soon. All right, take care. Take care, everybody. Again, this has been Catfish on Ice, episode 138. Stay safe, everybody.